Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Fans and the Pros. That was some intro. That was very nice. Welcome to another year of Fans and the Pros. Mike Hoss, I am in studio, and we'll begin with a quick rundown of the show. 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock today will be Fans and the Pros. And then for the Tigers getting ready for Mississippi State tomorrow as they kick off SEC play, the Brian Kelly Show from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, and then from 7 o'clock to 10.30, it is the All-State Sugar Bowl Football Roundup. It is truly the kickoff to the football weekend with high school, Tulane, and Kansas State tomorrow, and LSU and Mississippi State, and the Saints and Tampa Bay on Sunday. And we begin with another year of Where's the Deuce? The Deuce joins us from where? <laughs> That's I, I mean, it's got to be way, this is be like a game show. There's got to be a way we can we can make some coin off of this somehow. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna, I don't know if we're going to make any coin off of it, right. but <laughs> but um, I am in Lexington, Kentucky, and um, I had the opportunity to come up here earlier this year uh, to call the Kentucky um, spring game, and tomorrow I will have the honors of calling them against Youngstown State, um, which uh, you know any game is obviously interesting, but you know any time that you get a coach that is from a certain city, and that's where Coach Stoops is from. And it, it, there's a little intrigue behind it, you know, really more so than, than the football game itself. It's almost like a homecoming for him in a sense, except they are coming to Lexington. Well, that'll be good. And then, of course, I know where you'll be Sunday, sitting beside me, strapped to the chair that I make you sit in and strap you in so you can't leave. And so... <laughs> I, uh, I, I, very rarely. I mean, look, Mike, you didn't even notice it either, but... Uh, <laughs> um, from the first half to halftime, I changed which side my mic was on. I changed which pins I held. Um, you know, I, I, I tried to get up. I moved my water. I moved my water bottle. I moved where my 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 feet was at. Uh, I was trying to find something. You know, I was just trying to find some type of groove or whatever. I went from a yellow marker to holding a, a, a black pen, and, you know, I, I changed which side, you know, my microphone was on. So I was trying to find my groove to hopefully, you know, rally the Saints. Uh, and I'm not going to say that is what worked, but I'm, I, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Well, it took its sweet time, I will say that. But by the fourth quarter, I had to literally, we get back Sunday night, and we were able to watch Tampa Bay and Dallas. And then Monday morning, like the fourth quarter was such a blur to me because you're kind of in the weeds. And I'm like, okay, there was two fourth downs. And wait, what, what the two penalties? Like, because the game ended like three times. Like, it was like over, like three times. Like, and I literally had to go back and kind of go through the game book and kind of get it all back square in my head. And I'm still befuddled to me. And Jeff Nowak and I talked about this the other day on part of the podcast, and is that the the deep pass to Landry, that that's the best angle of this, of this day and time of the television cameras at the game. That's the best angle we have of Jarvis, whether he went out of bounds or not. It was just, it was stunning to me. 
Well, the one thing I can say about Cameron, unless you are the primetime game, then the thing that I know is they don't all have <laughs> the same amount as far as cameras, as far as the view is concerned. And, uh, you know, um, there's still a good amount of as far as cameras and shots and looks. I mean, you've got the what pylon camera and you've got other cameras that you know that are flying all across the, the field. But um, at you know, basically certain games and certain times, hey, that's the best shot or the best angle you're going to get sometimes. And so it ended up being a um, probably a video or, or uh, somebody's camera that w- was not actually a part of the game that, you know, had the best look or the best shot. It was just it was such a stunning play when you think about it at this day and time because it was on the Saints sideline. And it was just such chaos for them running to stop the clock when it was already stopped, right? I mean, that's, that's just a lot to kind of digest. You're like, how could that happen? But we watched it happen. I mean, Dennis Allen said, well, he didn't see the guy, the, the I guess would have been the field judge, the line judge, make the, the, the call because he was standing behind him. Yeah, he <laughs> I'm was like, behind what? him. And so, 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 and for the referees, that, was, you, that shows you right there that it was their first game as well. I mean, because you've got to have a little bit better positioning. I mean, at no point do you really see a ref uh, be close enough that he comes in and he clearly either stops the play or he gives you the wind-up to sh- tell the players uh, that, hey, look, uh, th- that guy was touched. And so it was not a stoppage of play. We know that as far as the call down um, and see was he out of bounds. Was it uh, – did he, you know, maybe touch out of bounds or was he touched? And, you know, we can go through and look at it via slow motion – uh, and, and then you, you, you see that he was probably touched as he was going down. But, I mean, there was no ref that came in immediately to give the players any uh, inclination of what was going on. And so, look, coaches, players, they all can be better in that situation. We're fortunate that it didn't come back to bite you. Now, at the time, of course, it cost you a down and some yardage, but it all worked out for you in the end. It did. It did. We lost a you know a few uh, heartbeats along the way, and thanks to the I love you know you and I we went through the superstition thing a little bit last year with the kickers. It was like we would just get very quiet in there. Have you seen the uh, injury list? Have you can kind of follow it yeah. today? Yeah. Now, no, I'm I sorry. Thought, is this a yeah. December game? i like this is an injury list you would see in December. Well, like you know what it is though. You know what it is. And, and 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 I hope the players don't take. It's two old teams. That's what it is. That's what it really is. <laughs> well, it's the, two the, older older teams. The, in the Buccaneers NFL. for sure. No, well, I mean the Saints. The Saints yeah. fall right in that right in that category. I mean the Saints are a older, more experienced team. But you know you're gonna have some bumps and bruises. And right now that's what you're dealing with. And you know a lot of them are soft tissue injuries for a lot of different guys. I was under the impression, and I'm often wrong. Donovan Smith, the tackle, the left tackle, uh, it was an elbow injury. Now, according to at least the, the injury report, that he didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. I, th- I thought that automatically made you out. No, it doesn't make you automatically out. I mean, some guys are able to do it. They don't have to rule you out. Now, one of the things they uh, will probably do before they leave is, you know, they already list him as doubtful. But so Saturday morning, they may go ahead and uh, count him out in that category. And then I think Zion McCollum also is doubtful. He's got a hamstring, but no, just because you don't practice all week, that doesn't necessarily rule you out as far as the game. And he's got an elbow. And I, I can tell you, Davenport has been his nemesis. And so if he, he's got half an arm, yeah, good luck slowing Davenport down when he comes <laughs> with that, that bull rush. 
It'll be noon Sunday. Lots to talk about with the Saints in Tampa Bay coming to town. We'll be talking about the Superdome, Caesar Superdome as well. Some of the messaging. Ben Hales will join us a little later. But first, we got to step aside. It is fans of the pros. Mike Austin, Deuce McAllister. Keep it right here. WWL, AM and FM.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everyone. Fans of the Bro, Mike Hoss here in studio Deuce McAllister in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky, where he'll be calling a game tomorrow, then hopping on a his private jet. I'm teasing. Hopping on a plane, coming back to New Orleans for the Saints and the Bucks. Let's get to a call because there's a question for Deuce. Jimmy from Gretna, welcome to the show. Your question for Deuce, my friend. Hey, how's it going, Hoss? We're good, man. Yeah, look, what, hey, what's up? Hey, Deuce, look, I want to take your uh, experience at the pro level running back how important okay so look we saw in the i watched the game live and then i watched on the playback on the dvr the saints of falcons game looks like we struggled with winston under center but he did very well in the fourth quarter uh you know in the shotgun formation they kind of went into a prevent but i think the first three quarters of course atlanta has a pretty good d line um they were blitzing us a lot and it looked like winston really struggled with that how important is it um, you know, having that running back come in there and pick up that blitz. And and question you guys, why didn't Jameis Winston audible at the line more or at all? Does he have the jurisdiction to do that? It seemed like the blitz was kind of eating him up. He took four sacks. I think that's, you know, a tale of two parts of the game, the fourth quarter and the first three. Man, the blitz, we just didn't have a solution for it, or at least he didn't have the jurisdiction to change the play. So I want to get your take on that. So how, what what makes you think that he didn't change the play? <laughs> Just because you changed the play, that doesn't mean that, uh, or 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 it doesn't look like he's changing the play. That, that doesn't mean that you're going to pick up the blitz, right? I mean, so he 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 has the authority to change the play. He has the authority to change the protection. The biggest thing that they have to do is all all really from the center to the quarterback to the running back. They all got to be on the same page. That's that's the biggest thing that they have to be able to do, and it, it it's got to be a communication uh, deal. And so um, when you talk about just the backs, uh, I, I think D.A. summed it up. All three parts, they have dirty hands. And what I mean by that, all three parts probably miss something. So, you know, the, the first thing that we see, uh, you see a blitz, and whether it's a zone blitz and the defensive ends, they're influencing, and then you, you have somebody, a linebacker or a safety, they hit you in the A-gap. Most people say, well, oh, that's, that's the guards. That, you know, the center step this way, that's the guard. Well, if he's covered, that's not his man. You know, it, it, it's more detailed than just somebody coming through a gap. And, and that's the toughest part of it. And a lot of times you have to look at the other four or five guys to see which way they're stepping, to see where their eyes are pre-snap. That'll give you a little bit better indication of what they're looking at because, you know, if their head is all on a swivel, then, uh, you know, maybe they don't know who they're going to or who they're picking up. But I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I, I can't take anything away from Atlanta's defensive line uh, because they played well. But you're going to see a defensive line that's two times as good as they were. 
So if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to get exposed quickly. Those guys have to be on the same page, whether it's quarter one or quarter four. Uh, and as far as going up from under center in shotgun, I think for, for him, the most part, he just felt comfortable. And they blitzed two times, I think, from mid-third quarter, fourth quarter. They blitzed twice. The Saints picked it up both times. But it also was, you know, they were they were probably playing more coverage instead of really coming after and attacking the Saints. They were just trying to protect the league. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully those answers – uh, answered your questions or, you know, what you were thinking uh, as far as the questions that you asked. So can we do – because we saw what happened last year with like a Green Bay in that first game. It, it, is it easy – I would think it's easy to overreact to anything that we saw in week one. Is that is – no, that, No doubt about it. I 100%. Mean, I mean, one, one, here, here's – how many snaps did Jameis get in the preseason? Ten? One series? I mean, it was one series, so what, it was ten, ten snaps? I don't think it was that much. Yeah, I mean, so you, you, you look at it, you have to also understand some of that as well. And then for that offensive line, that whole group, they didn't get a whole game as far as the preseason. Alvin didn't play in the preseason. I mean, so all of those guys, it, it's going to take some time. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, and what we want is from week one, we want to see an improvement. It doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to win. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you want to see improvement from pass protection to route running to uh, keeping the quarterback clean, to uh, running the football. I think all of those th- three things you have to be able to improve upon. Let's go to Ed, who's in Kenner. Also has a question about the uh, Falcons game. Ed, welcome to the show. Let's get to your question. What do you have for us, sir? Hey, dude. Hey, Mike. Thanks hey, for taking my call. Sure. Over 40 years, season ticket holder. Um, question. So, of course, at the end of the first half, you know, Falcons fumbled the ball, so-called. Referees didn't look at it. I didn't hear anything this week. Uh, maybe y'all mentioned it. I might have missed it, but they went ahead and kicked the field goal, right? End of the game, well, Lutz kicks a magical field goal. Sounds like we're going to win it. Then Atlanta, of course, thankfully misses their field goal. Now, we don't talk a lot about it because we won the game. But that's a critical point, and I was always told, and I'm sure y'all were too, Two minutes less, you can't you can't uh, challenge it. So automatic review. Why in the world will the NFL not? I mean, they need to mandate that. Something like that is critical because that could have cost us the game one way or the other. Why can't they get this right? They did. They did actually review it. It was just not a review where it was a stoppage of play. So basically, in a play like that, a coach can't challenge it. Now, Coach D.A., he may have called a timeout, but that didn't mean that they were going to stop play and actually look at it a couple more times. But on a play like that, they did look at it, but it's not going to be one where, hey, look, this looks like a fumble. Uh, it was like they don't, they didn't think that he caught it and got two steps or a football move in. So it wasn't going to be a long review, but it was one that was a quick review. They looked at it and they, they uh, just use it. They kept it moving. I mean, and so Coach Allen could have called a timeout and gave them 30 more seconds to look at it, but, you know, he chose not to in that time. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it could have been a – obviously it was a critical because it gave them three extra points right there before the, before the half and, uh, you know, it didn't. It ended up not hurting us. But who knows, right? I mean, who knows? To me, if if you you know, if if you've gone through the first half and you haven't used your challenge and you want to, I mean, I get the whole two minute warning. Let's do it in New York and whatever. But I, I'm feeling if you know, if you haven't used it, I don't care when you want to use it. You should be able to use it whenever you feel uh, you need to give a call overturned or looked at again. 
I mean, if you haven't used it, you ought to be able to throw the flag in under two minutes. What's what's yeah. why what why why not? Yeah, they they just take control of it, and so that's just one of their rules or quirks that they have in charge or in place. So I mean, there's really nothing that teams can do at this point. That's going to be a competition uh, committee thing that they kind of have to get changed. But you know, right now, so far, can't change it. Yeah. Well, thanks for the call, Ed. I appreciate the question. You're right. I mean, it, we didn't. It's funny how things get talked about after a win versus a loss. That if that had been a loss, I mean, the offense would have gotten. You know, it would have been speared this week. But it would have been very, very different in how the reaction would have been. And I, and I did a show with Jeff Nowak earlier this week, and I'm like, we both watched the same game, and the, but the takeaways from specific plays were so kind of crazily different it's it's just interesting it was interesting to me and that was just such a unique game I've never seen a team just you know flip a switch like that although you know going to that the hurry up offense I mean Deuce you've obviously been a part of it is it the success that that the Saints had in that drive and it was only four plays but the success and the swiftness of it all of a sudden it was a one-touchdown game. It was an eight-point game. Puts Atlanta back on their heels. I mean, we see it all the time. Yeah, I think that's definitely what it was. But from an offensive standpoint and, and, and in the booth, Mike, you, you know, remember we, we were calling for it. Hey, look, they just got to find some rhythm. And rhythm is let's, let's, let's get a first down. Let's, instead of huddling up, let's go right up to the line. You know, one, it stops them from having the ability to sub. And then for the Saints, uh, it's a lot of those calls are going to come from the quarterback. You know, now 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 Coach Coach Pete still has the ability to be able to talk to the quarterback and look, and he may give him a play or two, but it's going to force them to get up to the line of scrimmage. Now, where it hurts you is if you don't convert and get a, a first down, now your defense is right back out on the field. But from an offensive standpoint, if you're able to get a catch, you know, Let's let's get moving. Let's get going. And you find rhythm offensively. That was the one thing that they never really had outside of the Taysom drive. You know, offensively, it was like we never could get a first down or string a couple of first downs together because whether it was a penalty, whether it was a sack, it was a drop, uh, something where you never could sustain a drive. And so once you were able to pick up a first down, all right, here's another big play. Here's another big play. And it just really put Atlanta defensively back on their heels. And especially when they made the first two-point conversion. Because I'm at 16 points in the fourth quarter, I can't imagine, you know, they're, not, they're, not, well. they're not prevent, but, but they're, they're like, just do our job here and we're going to be fine. And then within a minute 29, they're one score, you know, ahead – and the fourth quarter, and I've, I've used this stat a couple of times this week, but I, I still love it, so I'm, I'm going to use it again. The fourth quarter, the Falcons scored first. They scored a field goal. So they're up 16 points. And they had the ball for 9.53, I think, or 9.30, 9.35 of the fourth quarter. So you have a 16-point lead, and you have the ball for almost 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. And you lose. That is almost mathematically impossible. We know almost because the Saints won. But that's that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Uh, it's definitely crazy. I mean, I thought there was a couple couple key moments that Atlanta just didn't 
take advantage of the situation. At midfield, you know, there was a couple times. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. You know, fourth and one, I am going for it. Then you had, you know, kind of the fumble, and the moment almost got too big for them. It almost was like in the back of their minds, they figured, hey, look, we're going to lose. We're going to figure out a way to lose this game, and that's exactly what they did. And, you know, sometimes you have to change the narrative. I'm going to be aggressive. We are going to win. This is what we're going to do, and and the guys have to believe. I mean, but it was almost like I'm going to play passive to a sense to – allow the Saints to continue to get confidence and now your defense is they're, they're getting stops all over the place and creating turnovers and it was just it was bad for them but hey you know you, good for sometimes, us so, sometimes you have to make your own lunch I mean sometimes you have to make your own lunch and luck but you have to you have to create it and if you don't create it then you know it's hard for a team to just give it to you and I don't think anybody any Falcon fan even if they had missed on the because one of them was inside Saints territory I mean you make either one of those fourth downs after the fumble by you know uh, Marcus they still had it fourth and one and they you know you go for either one of them I just think you when you don't you open up the door man the Saints walk through so uh, it's, it's, it's crazy and this is how big that game was it is Friday and everybody we're still talking Falcons we haven't even really turned the corner to Tampa yet got to step aside Mike cost Deuce McAllister it is fans and the pros do not forget we've got the Brian Kelly show coming up at six o'clock high school football after that it is WLAMFM.com and of course on the free Odyssey app okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, fans of the pros. Mike Hoss, Deuce McAllister in Lexington, Kentucky, as he's getting ready for SEC football tomorrow. LSU and Mississippi State, 5 o'clock tomorrow, Tigerland. And uh, with the high school show coming up, 7 o'clock to 10.30 tonight, the All-State Sugar Bowl football, high school football roundup. That's at 7 o'clock. Deuce McAllister, and we're, you know, we talked a lot about Atlanta, and we got Tom Brady and the Buccaneers coming into here. And also, I didn't spend, we didn't spend a lot of time but I want to go through just a little bit of the of the injury list because the, the names on it are so kind of staggering and, you know, there's just a, a lot of them. I'll do Tampa first because we kind of have a, a better idea of some about the Saints. So f- for the Buccaneers right now, wide receiver Mike Evans, he was limited today. He's questionable. He's a calf injury. Wide receiver Brashad Perriman, he was limited all week. He's questionable. Wide receiver Russell Gage, hamstring, didn't practice Wednesday. He's questionable. Chris Goblin, we know, is out. Wide receiver Julio Jones, knee injury. He didn't practice two days but was limited today. So that's five wide receivers. One is already out. Scotty Miller was inactive 
for the Dallas game. So he, he's already available. They have two guys, Kalen Geiger, a rookie out of Texas Tech, and Devin Tompkins, a rookie out of Utah State, on their practice squad, if if they have to to go that. Cam Jordan, he had full practice today. Kamara, we know, is questionable. Marcus May, full practice today. Traquan Smith, he's been limited. He's questionable. Dwayne Washington, limited, questionable. Jameis, limited, questionable. I think that's going to be fine. Landon Young, back to full practice. Mark Ingram, questionable. And Alante Taylor, questionable. And we do know, again, that Paulson Adebo is out. So that just seems like a lot. I, mean, we went, I know we talked about it at the top of the show, but it, it, I mean, if the questionable's play and doesn't mean they're going to be at full strength that's a big difference no i agree 100 percent. i mean uh and 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 you know that those guys aren't going to be full strength just because they're battling some type of injury and so uh it'll be you'll work out at 9 30 or so in the morning uh on sunday morning and, and they will get a better gauge of how you feel and what what they think and they want to make sure that you can contribute and not hurt yourself and so particularly for the saints Man, that's a lot of receivers when you look at uh, when you look at Tampa Bay. But I do think that I think Julio plays. I think Mike gives it a go. He may not be in there a hundred percent, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do call up you know one or two of those other receivers. And Scotty will be available, and you know Perryman he should be available. So it's going to be different. But you got to go and play the game, right? Todd Bowles said earlier this week, the Tampa head coach, that. You know, it's kind of not really a rivalry unless it's there's some give and take in there, and they've lost. You know, what is it, six, six seven, for Brady four straight uh, in the regular season, uh, and he's right. You know, they, the Saints have just kind of owned this kind of situation in the regular season, and it's just you know it, he, he's right. He can't it can't be a rivalry if it's kind of one sided. I agree with you. I mean, but it's a rival. He may say they need to win, and maybe that's the. Uh, um, motivation they need and in, in what is it seven straight by the saints yeah i think so but regular season regular season but it's that one you always have to co- you know put it in context yeah it's that one playoff game that they were able to really um take advantage of and win a super bowl with i mean and so it's a rival it may not be on the level of uh that you have with the atlanta falcons but i mean for the for those saints playmakers for those defensively like we lost deuce there he's uh he'll we'll get him back he's he's not on the phone he's on a piece of equipment that we'll we'll get him back, but exactly what he's talking about. And the funny thing is, and, and I I don't have it in front of me, and I apologize for even bringing it up, but it was that twenty. It was the twenty twenty season. It's the playoff divisional playoff games. The Saints lose. It was Drew's last game, and Drew. But if you really looked at the game and looked at the quarterbacks, it was probably one of their two worst games for Tom Brady and Drew Brees collectively. I won't say in their careers, but Drew had three picks. Brady. Was also his his QBR was incredibly low. He missed a ton of passes. I mean, I, was, I think his completion rate was in the fifties. It's just kind of weird that 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 it was. Uh, Deuce, I'm just kind of I'm re, I'm going back to that that 20, 2020 season twenty one game and the divisional playoffs. And, and when I really kind of looked back at the game and looked at each quarterback, you know, Drew had three picks. It was his last game, probably not his best, clearly. But Brady was also kind of brutal it was a weird, a weird game when you look at the status of that game and both quarterbacks did not play very well at all mike we could talk about the quarterbacks but it comes down and normally it doesn't come down to one play but it is the jared cook yeah at the 50 yard line or midfield and it was i don't think deuce likes me today let's don't fight in front of the kids 
<laughs> we lost him again. But yeah, I know the, he's he's exactly right. I mean, all right, we're gonna get uh, a reset. We're gonna unplug everything. <laughs> Like we do at home, unplug it, we're going to count to 10, and we're going to get it back. We're going to take a quick break here. It is Fans of the Pros, Mike Hoss, Deuce McAllister, who will be back here on WWLAMFM.com and the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to Fans of the Pros. Mike Hoss here in studio. Deuce is in Lexington, and we've had a, a few little technical difficulties. You know, it's kind of week one for us. You know, we're getting everything getting everything going. The weird part is, like, it's fine on Deuce's end, right? Deuce, you, you're just rolling. You're talking. You hear us fine. Everything's great. But uh, we just don't hear you. Yeah, and that, I apologize about but, that. You know, um, it's um, unfortunate because I'm talking away, and I'm like, you know, well, maybe Mike <laughs> didn't hear me. And, uh, you know, and then I hear the commercial come on. I was like, wait, he cut me off, and you know, I was still going. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's a work in progress just uh, with technology and some of the things that we, we, we try to use and try to do so. Hopefully, that's the end of it, that we have to deal with that. Well, it gave me some time to look up briefly. I'm not going to spend a lot of time because you were talking about uh, Jared Cook and that fumble. And But in the game, Brady was 18 of 33, 54%. He threw under 200 yards. Drew was 19 uh, of 34. I think Drew was like 134 yards. I mean, it's just a very atypical game, but, you know, you're right. It, it, it's, 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 you know, it's, if you're an Atlanta fan, it's, to me anyway, it's not a different, but that Marcus May forced fumble in the third quarter, I mean, you can look at that play, and because it, it was in the third quarter, it doesn't get talked about as much, but if, if they, they, it was a third and five, Mariota gets the first down, the fumble comes after the first down, if they score there, it's 30 to 10. I mean, that's, it, and it's not over, but wow. I mean, that was a huge play by Marcus May. Uh, it's a lot harder to come back from that that moment as well. I mean, just because you have all of the momentum uh, with the crowd getting back into it. They're, they're playing with a lot of confidence. And so, uh, you know, Marcus is able to come up with a big hit to strip the football out. And, you know, uh, it's just a, it's a play that, you know, Tyron, he's right there to be able to recover it. But it's, it's one that the defense consistently, they got the Saints offense the ball. And, you know, it just took us a minute to get going. Right, because we, we ended up punting, but we didn't. they didn't score. It wasn't as much what we did, uh, it's what they didn't do uh, on that drive. And there was a, we talked about Charlie Long had put it in his, his, his sports update, and that was Mike Dettelier talking about Kamara's uh, rib injury. Have you had, you know, I know we know the knee, of course, have you had a, a similar, you know, rib situation other than the, just the pure pounding that you've taken? No, I did have bruised ribs once before, and it, you have to wear that flat flap jacket, and you know you can you can do some injects and stuff. Yeah, that 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 probably helps, but man, that, it it hurts. Yeah. It hurts to breathe. It right. hurts to move. That's that's the toughest part about it. So, uh, it just really depends on where it's at as far as the the injury and whether or not he'll be able to play. Right. Well, they signed Latavius Murray this week, and it looks like they'll get Dwayne Washington back. Uh, so Mark Ingram is, you know, he, he was questionable, but I, you know, it's it's just hard to tell. There's so many questionables uh, at this point. What do you think of this streak that the Saints are on with with Tampa? Maybe I'm just if we, if we just stuck to the the regular season with Brady. I mean, no no other team has that success, right? I mean, it just seems not odd, but it just seems it's a, such an impressive deal. 
Well, the other team that I would say is similar it would would be the uh, the Rams. It would be the uh, the Rams. They play Tampa Bay, you know, and and they've had a lot of success against Brady since he's been there. But I think for the Saints, they they like the matchup. They like playing against Tom Brady. They like the attention that you get. You know that all eyes will be on Brady, and if you're successful in that game, that only gives you more confidence. And certainly with Cam Cam Jordan, if, if if Atlanta's number one, Tampa's number two in sacking Tom Brady because he went over a hundred last year, and uh, you know we'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. But man, Cam with eight and a half sacks in the final four games, man, he rose to the occasion. We will step aside, rise to the occasion as well. In hour number two, we'll talk to Ben Hales with the Saints as we get ready for Caesar's Superdome. Saints and Tampa Bay noon. Keep it here. Fans and the pros, WWLAMFM.com and the always free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 